Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. This week's episode is brought to you by Patchworks, Seattle, our lovely little synth shop here in the Northwest. They carry everything from Dave Smith Instruments to WMD to Korg to Moog to 4MS to Recovery Effects to Afterlater Audio to Novation to Machine to, I mean, do I need to keep on going? I don't think so. I think you just need to head over to Patchworks.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. And uh, check out their their large selection. There's also a pretty great used selection and consignment selection. Um, And who knows? You might buy something from there that was actually in PodMod headquarters. I mean, that's that's not a far stretch. So once again, that's patchworks.com. P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim, you know that. And this week we have Elin Pil on the show, all the way from lovely Sweden. And I gotta tell you, it was an absolute pleasure to have this conversation. Elin had me cracking up. She's hilarious. She's got a just a really great, fun personality. And uh, I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Um, she's also a fantastic musician. So if you're uh, not aware of her work, I would remedy that. There will be links in the show description. Before we get into this episode, though, I figured I would uh, catch y'all up on my my trip out to uh, to uh, Colorado, where I uh, got to hang out with with old Austin, aka our Benny, for the second weekend in a row. So that was really cool to get to spend that much time with Austin and uh, and finally get to meet everybody out in Colorado. Um, and some of them, you know, were, have been on the show a couple times. Uh, you know, Alex from WMD, R. Benny, um, David Soto, I think. He's been on once, but I've done a lot of stuff with Colorado Modular Synth Society. And then uh, Ger- Gerald Fjord, who's been on uh, a couple times. And then, of course, I got to meet some uh, some people that I haven't talked to and some, some lovely people. What a great, great crew and scene it is out there. I have to say... Huge, huge thanks to David Soto, a.k.a. Sign Mountain, and uh, Brian and Helen. Brian is the Aphonic um, on Instagram and YouTube. I highly recommend you go check out his uh, stuff. But Brian and Helen put uh, Austin and, and myself up for a couple nights in their lovely home in Boulder. And that first night, we just had a bunch of people over, a um, bunch of the Colorado scene. Um, and we were, you know, we drank and ate and had a little bonfire and it was just fantastic um and then yeah we went and played the show the next night came back and and had a lovely evening again post show and then uh yeah i got to do a workshop in boulder where i i did a pretty fun walkthrough slash demo of the benjolin v2 and dirty laundry from after later audio so hopefully that video stuff will be up pretty soon um on the colorado modular synth society video Uh, or YouTube page, excuse me, but I am going to upload the audio. I have a rough audio recording of it and of my set. Um, I'll I'll probably be uploading those to the Patreon. So um, yeah, if you want to help support the show, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast and get access to that and some other pretty cool uh, exclusive content. But um, yeah, everybody had such amazing sets. It was it was just it was such a great night in a huge huge art space. Um, it was yeah, it was a lot of fun. But you know when I when I 
was asked to play the show and I was put on the and I saw who was all on the bill, I, I knew I had to bring the thunder. Um, so I worked really hard on my set and I'm happy to report that it was not only my longest set, but I think I can officially say that it was my best modular set of all time. And that feels good to say. Um, but yeah, like I said, everybody had great sets. Of course, Gerald Fjord just killed it. What a what a wizard he is. The Aphonic, Brian, who was uh, my host, he... Wonderful, wonderful set. Ever-evolving, great grooves. Um, uh, Sign Mountain brought some really, really peaceful, nice space. And the place was called Space, so that was kind of neat. Um, got to see ALX 106. That's Alex from WMD's... Um, uh, ambient project and it was not surprising but it was awesome to see that he is just as good at making ambient music as he is uh, the nasty nacho stuff um, yeah and then I mean everybody knows our Benny does does amazing work it was uh, it was cool to see Austin play two weekends in a row and how just the uh, same setup but different sets completely in my opinion um, so yeah, good work, nice work all, and thank you so much to Colorado Modular Synth Society for flying me out. If you have your own synth society somewhere out in the United States and you'd want, you know, you want me to come play, uh, I would love to. It would be a lot of fun. Let's do it. So we're getting to, so we are going to get into our chat here in a moment, but first, so we're going to get into our chat here in a moment, but the last piece of the Colorado story puzzle is, um the Novation Circuit Rhythm and its role in my set that I played. This piece that you actually hear under my voice right now was the opening part of my set. I did end up running it into uh, Morphogene and R-Bar and, and then finally the Zoya Euro Bureau for effects, but the entire piece was constructed on this. So I started with this, went into a kind of granularized version and back into it. Um, but the reason I bring this up is because I made this piece on the plane ride to Colorado, which is, <laughs> I think that's amazing. Like I had made a couple pieces and I wasn't sure which one I wanted to use, um, for my opening part of my set. Uh, so I was just kind of messing around with, uh, some existing stuff and started new stuff. And this is what I ended up liking the most, but I think it's just a testament to how powerful and easy to use the Novation circuit rhythm is. Um, and these are all still the samples that are on it. Um, because you can just you can manipulate them and 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 you know pitch them and filter them and affect them in such cool ways that they don't really actually sound too much like the way they sound when you first come upon them. Um, so yeah, I still think I, I mean I of course I still think this, but I'm I'm it's this this thought is being reinforced more and more as I use this thing more and more that it is just one of the most intuitively designed pieces of gear. Um, that I think I've ever used just like there's no screen but the way everything's laid out with the, the buttons and even the button combinations there's not many once you learn one it's very intuitive of like oh okay I see how this next one would be um, it's just yeah fantastic the onboard uh, effects are pretty fun to use um, and it's just you can get a lot of movement in a piece with this thing um, with with not a whole lot of effort so yeah you should check them out 
this it's obviously this 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 i love this when i have uh something that is a sponsor of the show but that i'm actually truthfully excited for because then i don't have to sit here and read copy i can just tell you about my actual personal experience with it and being able to fly with it and just like make it make like fully constructed pieces on on a flight is uh, not only cool you know as far as the gear goes but it really makes the flight much more enjoyable so uh yes thank you novation please go check out the circuit rhythm um you know check one out at patrick's maybe i don't know all right that's enough of my rambling let's get into this chat thank you for coming back to podular modcast And I just want to make sure I get this right. Ellen? Yeah, Elin in Swedish, but it's a very difficult name to say. Wait, one more time. How do you say it? Elin. Elin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you see, I <laughs> always try, and you can always tell if it's if, how, how good it is when somebody goes, yeah. <laughs> it, it was a good try, actually. Right. Better than most. Name. Pil. Pil? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Il. Okay. I'm not yeah, going to try again. <laughs> um, well, I'm just really excited to, to chat with you because I'm a huge fan of your work. I think I found out about you on the Connected One uh, yeah. compilation. You're on that, and that's um, uh, Martha Martha's thing, uh, Panic Girl. Yeah. She has, um, and this like, wow, what a great lineup that that whole collection is um and then i've got i picked up your album and i'm about to butcher this name as well i'm sure <laughs> omsorg yeah that's pretty good yeah? it means caring okay okay yeah. um which i do want to get into that i want to talk about that um sure but not quite yet i want to get to know you <laughs> first so you live in sweden yes you're from sweden yes where did you grow up I grew up in Småland, if you know Pippi Longstocking. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I grew up uh, where the author of Pippi Longstocking, almost where she grew up. So like Emil, I don't know the English uh, name for that guy, little guy. or, But Pippi Longstocking is where I... So it's forests, forests. Okay. And lakes. Oh, that <laughs> sounds lovely. It is. Was it a small town? Yeah. Okay. I grew up in a small town in the forest near a lot of lakes as well. Yeah. Um, so do you like camping and stuff? Do you, do you enjoy nature? Uh, actually, my parents had a caravan growing up, so it's not actually camping, camping, but uh -huh. we've been traveling along, uh, around Europe pretty much like on all vacations when I was a kid. So, Oh, my God. Not, I don't lovely. do tents, but a caravan okay. I can do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my wife and I want to get a caravan because we're starting to realize that maybe we are – getting a little too old for tents. Yeah, but my parents have, they have an RV now. That's the good oh, life. Oh yeah, that yeah. sounds pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's a level up from caravan. <laughs> I kind of want to get one of those in between, like um, like one of, I mean, they're so expensive, I couldn't afford it, but like the, the Mercedes vans that are kind of yeah. like campers inside. That's my dream is to get one of those and then travel around and just record podcasts and play shows in different cities. Sounds like a great idea. Yeah, it sounds pretty fun. Um, I don't think I'm going to get there, though. Um, <laughs> so where, when did music come into your life? Did it come in as a, where you were just a fan of listening, or have you been a musician for a long time? I started playing keyboard when I was five. 
Okay. Uh, because my grandpa was really into music. My both my parents are tone deaf, and like <laughs> my dad's favorite record is a cover record of ABBA pa- played on pan flute. Oh, so my. it's like no, 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 uh, no shade on pan flutes, but right. It, well, so my granddad was very into music, and he pushed my parents into um, starting playing keyboard, letting me start to play keyboard. So okay. I play that at a neighbor's house. Played like, put another nickel in, in the Nickelodeon. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where I started uh, Uh, playing music. It was five, I think, five or six. That's funny. Neither of my parents are musicians. Uh, My mom is tone deaf. I I, I always joke that she has, (laughs) she's actually really talented, but her talent is her ability to sing as out of key as possible. Yeah. Um, and then my always dad, like, in a harmony, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but it's just, it's just so, yeah, it's, it's bad. Um, and then my dad, he is, uh, he, he likes karaoke a lot. He likes to sing, but he doesn't play any instruments. So yeah, luckily I had some, some other family members who also pushed me into it. Um, so were you taking formal lessons or anything or just kind of messing around? No, it was, uh, sort of at a neighbor's house. Okay. A guy who just had some lessons. But then okay. I started playing. Uh, my dad told me you could play whatever you want, but you can't choose drums or violin. <laughs> I get so that. I chose if the I saxophone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like the third most honky. Yeah, I know. So I started playing saxophone when I was 10. And then I played saxophone for a couple of years. And then I forced my parents to get me a guitar when I was like 12 or 13. And then I started okay. writing my own music and then sort of left the saxophone keyboard thing and started doing what every girl does becoming a singer songwriter (laughs) so what were you listening to who who were your influences that pushed you in that direction i listened to a lot of swedish hardcore music actually refused and randy and and stuff oh my god refused that the shape of punk to come is that the name of that album yeah it's so good i love that album it's really good. So I was also a Swedish band called Bruder Daniel, which is very famous here in Sweden. But uh-huh. I was a bit of an, I like also Herp Albert and his Tijuana mm-hmm. Brass. So yeah. I was like all over the place with yeah. my <laughs> influences. Well, I'm trying to picture a young, a young woman singer songwriter with a guitar, but listening to Refused. So were you writing like punk music or were you, what, like, what was? No, it was Heartbreaks. Okay, sorrows. heartbreaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like every teenager writes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's also we, hard when you're a girl. There's not a lot. lot There's not a lot of women playing like hardcore music then. So mm-hmm. I guess you just did what you thought you were supposed to do. Okay. okay. I wish I played hardcore music, but I didn't. You never got into it. No, but I'm not dead yet. So no, that's maybe. true. If- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can make a hardcore modular album. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> So were there were there were there any singer songwriters you were into at the, at that time too that you were like kind of emulating? Not really. No. I just okay. tried to do my own thing and then sort of evolved and then I started playing in a duo very much later I was like 25 was the first time I was Oh actually I had a band with my friend when I was like 20. Like a lesbian pop duo. But okay. we just did it for the girls. It was not very <laughs> It's not really serious. But then I actually got into a band with my best friend like 2008. And we had a country electronic yeah, pop duo. 
Oh, that sounds fun. And I learned how to play the banjo and we made a couple of albums and toured Europe a couple of times. Okay. Like sleeping in squats and having yeah. tomato sauce and pasta everywhere. So it that was sounds, fun. Yeah, that sounds kind of like a dream <laughs> a little bit. Um, is any of that available and could we listen to any of that stuff anywhere? You can. It's on Spotify. Okay. What's what's the group called? The Preacher and the Bear. The Preacher and the Bear. Yeah. And, and you're and this is the band you're playing banjo in. Yeah, I'm playing banjo and singing and playing guitar and playing the harmonica. So. Okay. All right. So how do you go from playing the banjo and the harmonica <laughs> to modular and and like and you even go further into the um uh the uh Chiat Lombard stuff. So you're yeah. like you're steeped in it. Yeah, we, we had a lot of fun playing and but we always had like other people, we were just two persons in the band, a duo, and we always had a couple of other music, music, musicians on the road with us. And then for the last tour, we decided to just, it was us two. And then we never did anything more again uh-huh. after that, because that was the worst idea ever. Uh, so I quit playing there and I played some in a post-rock band for a while and started getting into pedals okay like, yeah I, yep <laughs> so that was the my uh gateway to heavier stuff i think or mm-hmm. more to the analog like i've always been into electronic music but i've never been able to make it myself in a door because i have no limits i just like add and add and add and like <laughs> everything sounds like just a blurry mess in the end uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> So, but then I, I have some friends who are into synths and stuff and they sort of inspired me. And then I bought a Volca sample uh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and then I, uh, I don't know the English word for it. When you get a burnout, is that like burnout. you yeah, work yeah. too much? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I needed something to do uh, when I was on sick leave. <laughs> so I got into your rack. <laughs> okay. That's that's actually pretty similar <laughs> to my journey yeah. into it. It was, you know, guitar pedals and then um I had a Volca Beats and then, you know, I started running drum machines and various, you know, desktop yeah. synths into pedals and then Microbrute? Yeah, I I think I had one of those very very like for just a few weeks. Yeah, I was also really good at getting stuff and getting rid of it and trading yeah. and um I still do a little bit of that. But uh what were some of your pedals that were like even manufacturers or particular pedals that were really exciting you and really pushing you towards this more experimental side. I I didn't have any really exciting pedals. I had like the Holy Grail and just uh, okay. TC electronics delay. So it wasn't really that I, it was more like the, rather than playing like with my hands, just like manipulating the sound mm-hmm. that I also, I, I found that when I had my limitations, I got more creative, like, with the analog stuff. So that's why mm-hmm. I, it escalated pretty quickly after I built my first Eurorack. <laughs> I'm curious with As that. As it does. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. With that, like, ju- it's, a, it's a logical jump to go from, you know, I feel like if you find yourself playing your pedals more than you're playing your guitar, it's time to move on to Eurorack. Yeah. But not everybody knows what Eurorack is. Did you have a friend who was into yeah, it or I had did. you seen it? Okay. So yeah. you had, you had like somebody that kind of said, Hey, check this out. Yeah. Okay. That's always a dangerous friend to have. 
I had I three of them at once all telling me, hey, you know what you'd really like? And they didn't know, they didn't really know that the others were doing that. So it was just this three pronged approach. <laughs> um, they were in cahoots I was like, against you. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the word? Cahoots. Yeah, Funny yeah, word. Cahoots. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I want to hear about this. Like, how, what was it like getting into it? Was it, was it, did you feel instantly like exploded as far as like ideas and like, like in a good way or was it daunting or? I felt like it was just exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. It took okay. me a while to like understand why do I need an LFO, for example? Like mm -hmm. it took me a while to like, Ooh, well, mm -hmm. okay. And then yeah. when that happened, it's just, it just like opened up. I thought it was fantastic and it was just what i wanted like with the electronic music to have these limitations that i don't have like endless amount of plugins or whatever i just have this oscillator have these i have clouds yeah <laughs> and uh -huh, this is uh -huh. that's what i have to work with yeah 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 i've noticed that in your instagram videos that your setups that you use are usually they're not too big you've got a you know a decent sized your rat case and maybe a couple of external pieces of gear yeah, mainly that's because I don't have a dedicated space for my stuff. Uh -huh. So I okay. always have to unpack everything uh -huh. and set it up and uh -huh. then tuck it away. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, but I've, I've found that that's very inspiring for me because then I have to, like, during the workday, boring office hours, I think about mm, which gear am I going to use tonight? And then I uh -huh. always have, like, different little setups, which makes me challenges me to like explore more and not just get stuck in the same loop all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. I, I have, a I have my main seven U case that I try to work out of, but I've also got like a pretty giant case and I I've actually just recently kind of started using everything together because I was doing um like a, a specific thing. That's like a studio piece, but I'm usually wanting to leave the house with my modular to play. So yeah. I'm always swapping things out. I'm never, I never have the same stuff in this case. So I'm, you know, constantly the screwdriver yeah. and taking stuff <laughs> out, which that's kind of annoying, but it's obviously not that annoying because I keep doing it. But, um, so do you have like modules kind of lying around that you, you switch in and out of this case? No, or? because I get super stressed if I have a module in the box. So then it goes, I like okay. to buy and sell a lot. I think it's fun. Okay. Yeah, it is fun, right? You There's, make new friends. You do. I've made, yeah. I actually, I work for uh, a company called After Leader Audio now, um, you know, modular company. And I met Lenny, the guy who started the company, because we traded a piece of gear. Yeah. And it was before he had started his own company, really. He was just building clones and he would build three, sell two, keep one, and then he would be able to buy other stuff. So I'd trade him stuff for a clone he built. And now I yeah. work for his company. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's the that's one of the things that's that I like most about like my synthesizer journey is all the friends I've gotten mm -hmm. to know. Yeah. It's such a like I have two friends that I chat uh, with all the time called Linus and Bjorn. Bjorn. They're huge uh -huh. fans and I promised I'd say hello. Oh. <laughs> and we, we talk all the time on, on Messenger, but we've never actually met. I love that. Yeah, and on Christmas, my my partner was like, uh, maybe we should invite them for Christmas since they seem to be the 
the people you talk to the most. She was <laughs> ironic, obviously, uh-huh. but <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, it's just Linus and Bjorn. <laughs> but it's are, are also they, fun. <laughs> are they in Sweden as well? Or Yeah. Okay. Wow. Linus and Bjorn? Yeah. Shout Hi, out to them. Hi, Linus and Bjorn. <laughs> You're listening to Podular Modcast. <laughs> um, that's fun. Um, yeah, I also have, I'm actually going to Colorado in a few days to play a show and I'm going to hang out with a bunch of people that I've hung out with online, but never, never met in person. So it's, it's, it's really exciting to get to meet those people in person. But I think one thing that I've learned about, because I've done the same thing, I've made friends through having them as guests on the show or just like trading and, uh, you realize that as much as it is important to have that, to share physical space with somebody, it's it's not necessary to form meaningful relationships. No, really not. It's it's uh, really, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It's also nice to have someone to talk about synthesizers with because I don't really have that nearby. <laughs> yeah. Is your partner kind of like, okay, I don't care. <laughs> oh, one time she said like, I'm going to throw them out the window and pee on them. She was really upset. <laughs> We've been to couples therapy now. All is good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had to start this podcast so I could keep talking about it because my wife couldn't handle anymore. So maybe uh, maybe our partners should get together and have a support group of like, I think that I've always thought that'd be funny. Like people, people just like people who have partners who are into modular, but they're not. There needs to be a support group, I think, (laughs) so they can all get together and say, God, they just. But she thinks it's fun too that like I have this thing that I can do, like gets my mind off things and like makes me relax yeah. and stuff. So yeah, it's positive too. I'm not going to be like that, that person also. My wife don't know how much this module costs. It's not like <laughs> yeah. that. It's just No, right, right. Yeah. yeah. My wife is very supportive. And I even actually, when I'm working on stuff, I'll say, Hey, will you pause your TV show and come listen to this? And I ask her for her feedback and yeah. she likes listening to the music and she's become friends with the people in, in the scene here. Um, so she's, she's, it's pretty, that's one cool thing too. That's kind of a, like a, an extension of how community driven it all is. But like yeah. my wife, even though she's not into playing it, she loves the people that we've met and she's formed meaningful relationships yeah. with other people. It's, it's really cool. I think it's rare to have this thing when you're a grown up. Yeah. Like this is yes. what happened when you like studied at the university or high school or whatever you had like a a forum or something you could gather around and it's not mm-hmm. so common when you're older except for when you get kids but that's like sort of a different uh, genre with kids, <laughs> with kids it's well i guess it kind of is with with synths too but maybe with kids it's like you're kind of forced to hang out with the parents of the kids your yeah. kids go to school with i guess you were kind of forced to hang out with the people who also use this stuff though but um yeah. But yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that because I'm always wondering. I, I, I'm, you know, the the topic of community always comes up on the show, and it's, um, you know, a lot of people have the similar takes on it because it's, you know, it is what it is. It's just open, supportive, and you know, nerd, really nerd culture around a specific yeah. thing. Um, but you're right. It is. I think it is kind of unique for people that are a little older to have that. Um, Maybe that's why we also get so excited about it because we haven't had it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a really good take. I like that. Um, 
So is there, what's the community like uh, in, in Sweden? There's got to be a pretty decent Eurorack community there. It's nice. I don't think it's organized, maybe like it is like in the US or so, but I'm, I'm hoping we'll get there. Mm-hmm. You know, Swedes are not so very pretty. stiff no no but i think it's uh, i see it more and more like Mm -hmm. it get it's get more as it gets more common with like your rack and more people doing it Uh, there's some meetings and gatherings and some sales and some shows and some festivals but Mm -hmm. there could be more well, it's also a pretty big country, right? So it's probably, there's probably people spread out or. Yeah, it's a distance. It's not actually a big country, but the, it's distances between like the cities. But yeah. And you got, you got some mountains in between those cities, I'm sure, right? Well, if you live in the north. Yeah. But, but you think it's mostly I... concentrate, it's concentrated in the, the southern end of the, the country? No, I wouldn't say that. I think no. we're all over. It's just, I don't think. In Sweden, we have like a big history of gathering around stuff, mainly sports, mm-hmm. but maybe not. But music is very big in Sweden too, but maybe not like where you just do it as a, oh, I'm getting in deep waters here. I'm just going to shut up. Music <laughs> is big in Sweden and I wish there were more like modular meetups and stuff, but I feel like there's something going on and that's, it's going to happen soon, but mm-hmm. not yet. I- I think what it takes for that to happen, because I've seen it, I've seen it here. And since I've been doing this show, I've had people email me and they say, how, like, how do you, what, how did these scenes start? And I, you know, I always tell them if you want a scene in your area and it hasn't started yet, you have to start it. So maybe you should, maybe you should start the Swedish synth society. We have some great forums. It could also be, I'm not invited. I don't know. Oh, Maybe there's no, some secret stuff true. going on. <laughs> like God well, tempers or something, like <laughs> meeting up in houses with robes and book class hanging out. <laughs> I don't know. I no. love that idea. <laughs> like eyes oh, you have search? Oh, no, 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 not yeah. going to work. <laughs> Please pardon this interruption of our lovely program. But as we all know, All Hallows Eve is approaching. And what better way to celebrate this dark night than to share with you a spoopy patch that I made on the Zoya Euro Bureau. For those of you not familiar with the Euro Bureau, it is the modular Euro Rack version of Empress's now legendary Zoya pedal. What's added to this is the ability to patch in four external CV sources to route however you'd like to any of the modules available on the Zoya Euro Bureau, but also four CV outs, which you can of course use to send any of the CV sources within the Euro Bureau out into your Eurorack ecosystem. So I approached this patch that you're listening to right now um, with kind of like a an objective. I wanted to pretend that I was building something for if uh, A, there wasn't a pandemic and people were going to trick or treat. Um, they might be still, but I'm not sure. Um, and B, that I already lived in the house that I'm moving into. So I thought it would be really fun to make something that would be kind of spooky to play on your front porch for, you know, when people were coming up to knock on your door to ask for uh, for candy, which is really fucking weird if you think about it. 
So I was gonna break this whole patch down for you piece by piece, but there are just so many pieces and without a visual aid, I think uh, you'd lose track. All I can say is I'm leaning very heavily on the random module, the sample and hold module, quantizer, um, two really basic oscillators, and then heavily, heavily into the effects page. Uh, there are so many amazing effects. I mean, they're called Empress Effects, uh, and they have a fantastic reputation for a very good reason. Their effects are really awesome, especially their reverbs and their delays. So I'm using two different reverbs here, two different delays, a ping pong and a delay with modulation. And I'm also using a ring modulator. Uh, so I'm routing, I'm just routing stuff in all sorts of fun ways. Um, and yeah, and this is and this is what you're hearing. So I'm gonna shut up and let you listen to this because I think it's pretty cool. Please enjoy. Alright, thank you for listening, and please remember, if you pick up Azoya Euroburo because you heard about it here on Podular Modcast, on the warranty card, tell them that. There's a little space designated to tell them where you heard about it. Say that uh, Tim from PodMod sent you. Alright, let's get back to this chat. So can you tell me a little bit about this? You're just re your rent-a-studio? Because you're in, you're in like a recording studio right now. Um, yeah, as I this space for you or? told you before, I actually just rent a desk in the end uh -huh. of the large okay. uh, uh, storage room. Mm -hmm. So it's actually more of a space for me to get away from, <laughs> sorry, family, from the family, from the kids, uh -huh. like having somewhere to go and just like, sometimes I just watch this Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I don't know. It's just <laughs> a space to get away. I make most of my music at home, but. I'm going to be better at going here and, and, but I also have to bring all my stuff. So it's, mm -hmm. uh, maybe I just go ahead and bring the Digitact or small Eurorack setup and play around a bit. But, or mostly I just sit and chat with the other guys who yeah. are here. Yeah. I, I sometimes fantasize about having a space away from my home for just exactly what you're, you're talking about. And, and I think like, if you say like, oh, I'm just going to bring the digitactyl, there's, there's a million pieces of gear that not a million, but I've got a handful of pieces of gear that I could really use some time alone with to get to know, but it's hard to do that when all this other stuff's around. So I feel more like creating rather than learning how to create on the new piece of gear. Yeah. But if I had a, a space where I could go, where I had to drive there and I only brought the one thing and then I would kind of be forced to, you know, learn it's how really to good. use it. Yeah, I just um, wish I could be here more. I always have bad, like feeling bad because I have to pay the rent and then I can't be here as much as I want to. But it's yeah. I mean I'm privileged to have this space. It's a really gorgeous space. It's a real recording studio with great 
there's a lot of synthesizers she has not shown in the picture but do you get to use them sometimes that's pretty cool can yeah. you record there i probably could if, if i wanted to but yeah since i record yeah, I mean. everything on a zoom or on my iphone i'm oh really pearl for pearls for swine <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, do you so do you do all your own mixing and stuff? Do you go and like record to a Zoom and then put it in a DAW or? I record all my stuff live mm -hmm. into just uh, stereo channels, so really? there's no post 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 processing. Is it called that right? Yeah, mm -hmm. at all, except for really? the mastering. Maybe I do some EQing, but wow, that's that that makes me that makes your album more impressive to me because. Um, it just sounds so good and very lots of layers and yeah. Yeah, it's but I think that the Om Sorry album, uh, if you know who S uh, Martesson is, he works at the Electron. He's okay. the guy who did the Digitone and Digitac. Uh, he mastered and he, I think he did a bit of mixing on it. So I have to thank him for saving my butt on that one. Okay. <laughs> I think yeah, he, he was pretty. He was like, "What the fuck is this? Is there's like a mono here?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, well. well, you make beautiful stuff. Um, and that's kind Thanks. of another, I wanted to get into like your process of what is the motivation? Is it, because there's, for me, it's kind of a duality and it's sometimes I'm chasing sounds that just sound interesting with this really fun technology but sometimes I'm trying to express a feeling or an emotion or something. Um, do you lean either like towards one way more than the other, as far as where your creativity comes or your drive to create? I don't really know. I just think it's fun using the machines and then <laughs> uh -huh. just, I have, but I think that's the liberating thing for me with the synths is that when I used to play like guitar and, write lyrics and make songs with a verse like you know this like the different mm -hmm. parts that a s traditional song has like right with the synths i'm like i don't even know what i'm doing i'm just sitting down and then i'm pressing a button and then i just let it i don't really have a vision mm -hmm. uh, lately i've been sort of instagram driven which is bad but also good mm -hmm. it's like i've been pushing myself to make these little jams Mm -hmm. for Instagram and then out of that something evolves and then if yeah. I like it after two hours I record it and I have a song or otherwise I just rip it I never keep anything yeah yeah I I very rarely do I have patch cables or my my synth patched in the same way I sometimes I'll have it patched in multiple ways in a single night you know build yeah. multiple patches and especially if I'm recording something I'm finding that I do a lot of multi-tracking so I'll get like one piece that I really like and then go back and just rip it out and then build something around yeah. that piece. That's pretty fun. Um, that's interesting because your, your music seems very emotional. It seems. It probably is. It's just like, on, I don't know it. It's my own yeah. con conscience. How do you say it? No. Oh, so, maybe yes. Like subconscious. subconscious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so. I think there, I think there, cause it's, well, I, I'm I'm projecting a little bit, but I've I've listened to your album a couple times, and there are two times that kind of stick out with me. Is I was driving through Yellowstone National Park when we were camping out there, which is just one of the most beautiful places in the world. Yeah, I can imagine. 
and your music fit really well there with driving through the woods there and seeing all the animals. And, but the, the one that's really stuck with me is I knew I wanted to have you on the show soon. So when I, when I know I want to have somebody on the show, I like to listen to their stuff for a little bit to kind of soak my brain in it before we start chatting. And, um, I was actually going to a memorial service for my uncle who passed away in uh, November. They couldn't have a funeral because of COVID, but now that it's kind of eased up a little bit, they um, they had this service at at the Puget Sound, which is an inlet of the uh, the Atlantic Ocean, um, or the, the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> Jeez. I could have fooled um, me. I don't really know. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where Atlantic came from. Um, but they they had a bench made in his memory, so we were all going down there. And so I I parked I parked a few blocks away because I wanted to walk around because it was kind of classic Northwest broody out, kind of stormy and and but it wasn't raining yet. But I was just walking down to this this beachfront. And listening to your your song, your um, your your album, and it was just really, really syncing up with the uh, the emotion of the whole thing, you know, like just the the whole way I felt. It was it was there was it was uplifting because I was going to see my family. It was uplifting because we were celebrating this person that we all love, but it was also a little sad. But you know, it also just fit what I was looking at. I was looking at the beautiful water with the islands out there and I saw a big wall of storm coming in and it just, it was a per, it was, it was almost like I was walking through a movie and it was the soundtrack and that, those kind of things. Just really, just, yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it was, it was very powerful. And, and that was the moment I was like, I cannot wait to chat with her about this because I'm just, I really love this album. I think it's, it's really good. I think it's interesting because what you're describing is pretty much maybe also I, I've recorded that those four tracks over a very mm -hmm. long period of time, but two of them is recorded with me having my baby on my in my uh, I don't know the English word when you have it like this. You know what's funny? We call it a baby Bjorn. Yeah, yeah, it's a Swedish brand. It's I do have an I'm not going okay. to be, say anything, but I have an Ergo baby. They're better. Uh -huh. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. So I've actually made the tracks with her in that while she was putting her to sleep. Uh -huh. So, and I was very emotional because I was obviously happy I had a baby, but I was also super sad because it was so annoying to have a baby. And it didn't, <laughs> I was like all over the place emotionally, like the first year. And I think maybe that's what's getting through in the music that I'm happy, but I'm also super confused about what the fuck I'm doing with my yeah, life. No, so that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your honesty with that because I hear a lot of people, you know, they only talk about, um, you know, what a gift and a blessing and a miracle having a child is, but like I've been around people with babies and it's not, it doesn't always seem like a lot of fun. So, you know, oh, it's it not, like I say it's 50, 50. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love my kids. I do, but uh, mm -hmm. I'm not one of these like pink bubble parents who thinks everything is awesome. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's rewarding, but yeah. also annoying. So it's yeah. both ways, I think. <laughs> For me it gets easier the bigger they are. Like with my daughter Ruth, Ruth, mm -hmm. she's 3 now and we have like we can talk about stuff and like experience stuff together in another way. And I have mm -hmm. a baby at home that's three months. So uh, that's quite intense. But 
well, yeah, let's just, I can go on and on about this. Well, I did want to, I did want to <laughs> ask about that because I, I feel like, because I've seen you with the, in the Instagram with, with your baby on, you know, in the, in, yeah. on your chest while you're playing. And, and sometimes I wonder, oh, and I, I've seen that a few times um, with other people with, with newborn babies. It's like, are they doing that because like, well, they're sleeping. Now is my chance to synth. And you just, that's the time that you have to do it. Like you're actually <laughs> babysitting and you're multitasking. <laughs> yeah. You also get a ton of likes. So. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, that's also probably great for the, for the Instagram feed yeah. too, no. but. Yeah. But I also think it's important for me. It's like being a role model to show that you can have kids and like also be a woman and mm -hmm. like do still have your hobbies and do your thing. And like, just you don't have to pause everything just because you're becoming a parent. Yeah. No, that's, that's um, inspirational for, for me. We, my wife and I, it's kind of looking like we're not going to be able to have a kid. We've been trying for two and a half years and it hasn't happened. And we've gone, you know, to the doctors yeah. and we've tried to figure everything out. And, um, but for a while there, when we were planning, when I really thought it was going to happen, I would see, you know, people doing that kind of thing. And it did make me feel better because I was like, am I ever going to, am I going to have to stop doing what I love? And yeah. it seems like that's, I think some people use their kids as an excuse to not have to do a bunch of stuff. They're like, oh, I, I'm, I'm a homebody. I get to stay home now. And I get to say, well, I've got the kids, so I can't go do something. I think that's also some sort of like self-protection because you don't want to get let down that you can't do all the stuff that you want to do. So you just don't do anything. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I've, that I've been like that. Like, why I'm going to stop making music. I'm going to stop going out because I just get disappointed when someone coughs or have to stay home. Like, or you know, mm -hmm. um, but I think it's... For me, it's been really important to just push through. And I also couldn't have done it without my supportive partner. I need to mm -hmm. uh, also emphasize that she has carried the babies. So okay. that's maybe important to know. But we share a lot I, of the parental duties. Um, but I feel like I also want her to push and do her stuff that she wants to do. So, mm -hmm. But it's easy to just get in this like mode where you just no let's just not do anything just stay home because something's gonna go to hell anyway it's gonna yeah, poop yeah. or whatever it's just <laughs> <laughs> scream all the way in, on the tram on in the city well yeah so. i think i did see maybe re not too long ago you kind of posted that you were gonna maybe stop playing music and then you posted again yeah. nah i changed my mind i'm still gonna do it yeah no I, it was so cute because every there were so many people who wrote to me like no don't stop well, I and then thought I got that too. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, touched. I don't. And I was like, no, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. And that's another great aspect of this community. Um, yeah, it was cause... also my wife telling me, are you stupid? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, kind of, I kind of suspected it you wouldn't stop because I feel like, the, like to make the kind of music that you make, I, it, it just feels like for me, making music isn't just something that I want to do. It's something I'm compelled to do. And yeah. I get that. I get that from you, you know? It's yeah. my way to relax. It's like, instead of going to therapy. And when you think about it that way, the synthesizers are not that expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> therapy is expensive. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I like that. 
there is, yeah, and that's I think something that maybe is so attractive about modular is it's meditative and, and therapeutic. Um, and I've said this a few times and I used to say, I know it's cheesy, but I don't even think it's cheesy anymore. I think I was just trying to protect myself by saying that cause I was embarrassed, but I think patching getting the bet, you know, like just getting to, to know these machines has made me kind of get, be better as a, as a person in relationships or just a person in the world, because it's just such a hard lesson in, impermanence and, and, and expectation, you know, like yeah. you're expecting this to happen and it just keep, you know, it's just not happening the way. And then you kind of stop expecting. Um, and if you love something where well, you're eventually you're like, well, I got to tear it apart now. Yeah. You know, it's got, it's going to be gone. For me, now. it's really good to just like with the, how do you say this? Like the, the expectations of performance, like you have to, do something good you have to always be like the best you can be you have to write the prettiest lyrics or have the greatest guitar riff and in your rack you can just like play a note for five minutes yeah. uh, and be a genius yeah. it's it's great it's, <laughs> it's like you don't have to follow these conventional rules about music how you make music it's like yeah. i can do whatever i want and i yeah. like that You're i teach proof. a, a um, a course in modular synthesis at the university here, which is a oh, crazy really? thing. I haven't studied it one music hour in my life, but uh -huh. uh, they just needed someone who wasn't an old white dude. So uh -huh. they called me. Uh -huh. And it's so fun because a lot of the students there, they are producers and they're, and in the end of the course, they're told they're going to make a piece of music with the module synth and they get so frustrated because how am I going to make a song with this instrument? And I'm like, you don't, this, you have to rethink what a, what a track is, what a, a, it's think of it as a composition or just like you can play mm -hmm. a tone for five minutes and just play with the frequencies. That's mm -hmm. enough for me to see that you know how to ma like use this instrument. You don't have to have like a chorus or a beat or a, right. whatever, just like, yeah remodel what you think thinking mm -hmm. yeah it, it, it rewires in the creative process the way, yeah i think for yeah. and, and it, what's funny about that is it's something that i'm just kind of realizing lately but because i haven't played live in so long and now like the world's kind of opening back up to get in a situation to play live for the longest time when i was trying when i was going to play live i would create what i thought I should make for a live set yeah. and I wouldn't make what I would make at home and record. So what I'd record at home wouldn't sound like what I'd play live. And what I played live wasn't very good because I was trying to make it like accessible with a beat yeah. or something. And now yeah. I'm like, why the hell was I doing that? Oh, they look bored. Oh, here comes my four to the floor. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, that's exactly what I was doing. I was protecting myself from that moment. Yeah. Not even getting to the point where I would see they were bored. I was like, I'm going to make sure they're not bored. Yeah. But now it's like, I'm just going to, I think I'm good at it now. I think what I do is good. I'm just going to play that. Yeah. So, so I, I'm going to try that this weekend. <laughs> also so much fun. I played my first live show since the pandemic the other week. Uh huh. It was in an old like factory. Oh, fun. Uh, it was like 12 degrees oh. Celsius. Uh -huh. uh, and there was totally pitch dark, like in the countryside, like two hours from Gothenburg. And there were so many people. It was so fun. And I was using my Seat Lombards for the first time. I've had the Sid racks for two weeks before I oh. used it in a live show. <laughs> and I like tuned this 
motherfucking machine for like a half an hour because it's so difficult uh-huh. for me. And then after five minutes, I accidentally touched the master pitch knob. Oh my God. Oh my but God. But it was the best thing because no one knew what I was going to play. Mm-hmm. So the, I just uh-huh. like sort of in co- and then I just oh, fuck the Sidrax. I'm going to do, so I just improvised, which I was planning to do anyway, but it just turned out totally different. And it was so much fun and no one noticed. Yes. Because no one knows. Yeah. I don't have the hits. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> play dancing queen no i don't sorry. Not, not this time <laughs> yeah that's that is uh i mean that's that's got to be a huge i imagine you can take that lesson to your to your classes now and say yeah. hey look like if, for those of you afraid of this let anybody i've had you know i've talked to people who had never performed live and they're just so nervous and i'm like listen you could fuck up royal like you could fuck up as bad as you possibly think you could fuck up. And as long as you don't say oops or make a gesture, yeah. no one will think you fucked up. The key and is to might... be a solo act though, because if you have other musicians yeah. around, yeah. there's going to be some <laughs> evil eyes. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think, um, so I've had something like that. I was going to do a live performance on a radio show, which is kind of unique these days, but there's a, um, there's a really cool radio program here in in Washington, and they had me up, and I'm I'm getting ready, and and he says you're rolling, and I go to turn this the 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 tune knob and like the harmonics knob are right next to each other, and I grab the tune knob, and like my whole bass line is now bad gone. design, bad design. It's just like oh no, I just screwed <laughs> this whole thing up, but yeah, I just turned it down in the mix and. Just yeah. didn't have that part in the, because you, you can't know. tune anything when you're on stage. No. It, it's impossible. You get tone deaf. I get tone yeah. deaf. I have no idea. I can't even well, tune a guitar. I've played the <laughs> guitar for like 30, 25 years. Can't tune a guitar on stage. Yeah, it's really hard too. If, if the sequence is going, then you don't know yeah. what you, you're like. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you just got to roll with those punches. And I think with experience and like I said, I think that. Being able to react to that, these problems that we both just talked about in real time and not panic, you do that enough, I think that translates to other things in life that maybe aren't yeah. music related, but conflict or being disappointed. Oh, they didn't have my, ah, they didn't have my flavor of ice cream at the store. Yeah. That's all right. Oh, I can't, that, that I can't deal with that. I'm <laughs> worse. I need, right. What, well, okay. Well, since we're on the subject, what's your, yeah. what's your ice cream? I'm lactose intolerant. Oh no! But I like I like sorbet, oh, which is not really good. ice cream. It's not ice cream. But it's good. Yeah, I like lactose-free chocolate ice cream. Maybe I think. Okay. Yeah. I'm a chocolate peanut butter. But yeah. I'm more of a savory person. I like crisps and. and oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Crisps. Savory is that the right word? Yeah, it is. What? Yeah, yeah. Of. Yeah, yeah. My my wife is obsessed with Australian Master Chef right now. Hmm. And it's a great show, but each season has about 50 episodes and they're an hour long. I know. That's perfect. It's great. Yeah. You <laughs> really get attached to the, the characters. Um, <laughs> um, I'm, okay. So I know you work with some um, Chiat Lombard. I know you have some uh, teenage engineering stuff. I'm kind of curious about like, what's your, what's, what's some of your favorite 
like what are some of your favorite pieces of gear that have been mainstays and you think are kind of crucial to your sound? I've had so many different pieces of gear. <laughs> I would say that's crucial to my sound. Yeah, Having yeah. Like, I would say that's, uh, I've been, but I also think that's the problem, but also the fun thing <clears throat> with modular that you can just trade. And as we said before, it's part of, for me, it's part of the the experience to like look up new stuff, try new stuff and like mm -hmm. switch or trade. And I don't know. Does this make me soulless? No, not really. No, I think it's the, no. the lack of a favorite piece of gear in the modular world. I do like yeah. the Electron. I do like Electron stuff, like the Digitech. It's been significant for me, like making me start to work more with sampling, and, and mm -hmm. which I've grown to like mm -hmm. right now. Could change in a, two years when I start yes. my hardcore band. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very, I'm not that, I'm not that deep, you know, it's like, it's fun playing synthesizers and I like to play a lot of synthesizers and I like them all and I hate them all. So it's, yeah, it's like, I love the Lyra, Lyra 8. Yes. Yes. Great. But it's mm -hmm. also the worst because uh -huh. <laughs> it sounds like a bee all the time, but then you get this magical little moment where it doesn't sound like a bee uh -huh. Uh -huh. and you love it and you don't sell. So it's like, I, really <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to tell. I understand. I see what you're saying. And I actually, I'm, I'm, I feel the same way. I think, um, there are, there are a lot of schools of thought on this and there are a lot of camps, I guess you could say about, you know, hone in on a system. Don't, you know, it's not about having everything. And, and I don't think it's, I'm not saying, I don't think it's necessary to have a big setup, but I do think there is something to having a lot of different types of gear pass through your, your, your setup because you really do find what you like out of it. And then sometimes a piece of gear, you find what you like out of it, but you feel that you got what you were going to get out of it. And in order for your music to kind of evolve, you have to send it down the river. Yeah. You know, I've I haven't even gotten to where I want to be. I want to make techno. I've never yeah. wanted to do ambient. It's just where I am, but I cannot, <laughs> I cannot make techno. It's just impossible for me. That's not, I don't, so, I don't, just really? don't get I, it. <laughs> I just thought techno would be, I thought I always wanted to make ambient and I couldn't do it for a really long time, but um, I don't that's know. so funny. You I like make... making ambient too. I, I really like listening to ambient. You're very too. good at it. You're very, I'm, very good at it. I could say like my favorite piece of gear is the Coca Quantas, but I've only had it for like two months. Okay, but I, but well, I think that I don't that I don't want to sell that thing. I've been wanting one since I started with since, and now I finally was privileged enough to have the money to buy one. Mm -hmm. so well, that's going to be kind of a <laughs> that's going to be something that you know in twenty years might be a really rare. Yeah, cool it's so unique. It's just like nothing sounds like it. It's yeah. just. I wanted to ask about weirdly that. wonderful. Like, okay, yeah, I noisy to ask and experience crap. with that because I'm, I'm interested in that, but I've also played with the plum butter and just I didn't gel with it. Um, Good I because really I don't need it. gas on the plum butter. So everybody right. who tells me the plum butter sucks, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but it's just yeah, I don't want to say it sucks, but it's not for me. Yeah, it's I I have the Coco Quantas and I have the Sidrex and I have haven't had them for long so i'm definitely not an expert but mm -hmm. they have like this noisy like 
knastrit you would say in Swedish like crunchy sound uh-huh. Uh-huh. that is I've never heard before and it's feels so organic mm-hmm. so it's easy to get like all caught up in that yeah like Heinbach yeah. you want to be Heinbach like who, yeah who doesn't right yeah someone <laughs> told me asked me actually there have been several people asking me if I'm his little sister <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'm older that. than him, but <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm Heinbach. Glad to have you back. <laughs> Maybe I was just vielleicht ich Deutsch sprechen I don't know. Sorry, I'm not gonna do that. Well, I'm a huge Heinbach fan. I want to be like him. He, everything he does is magical. Yeah, he's just one of those people that you you know you see what he all his just his his output the amount of yeah. stuff he does and the quality of it it is just kind of like are you a machine um, yeah it's gorgeous yeah and sort of make having the seat lumbars makes me feel a bit more like Hanbach. yeah that's good well it's funny because like i had the, i was messing around with the plum butter and i wasn't gelling with it but seeing and that i noticed that you know obviously he uses uh the the Seat Lombard stuff and that you did and seeing people like you using it makes me know that there's something to it that I'm not getting you know like but it's been a challenge for me I've also have the double knots from Laurie Mill and the Keith Moston but mainly the double knot it's been a challenge for me to accept that things are not in sync or maybe uh-huh. that it doesn't have like this steady pulse that I want and but mm-hmm. now I sort of almost search for that irregularity and that wonky like I've always been very I like it when I can hear like repetitions or whatever and now I, uh-huh. I never I almost never sync anything yeah like my yeah. loops and stuff oh maybe five seconds here and 13 seconds there I don't uh-huh. care it's, it's gonna be like oh this song what I don't know maybe it's five four I don't know seven six I have no idea yeah. it's just like <laughs> seven six I don't think you can I don't know Whatever. Let's not get into musical music theory because that... you, you could tell me <laughs> anything, la, 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 and I'd la, la. be like, okay, yeah, because yeah. I don't, I don't. Yeah, know. but it's it's been a challenge for me with these instruments. Like, it's not gonna. When I got the Sidrax, I'm like, oh, it's just buzzing, and I'm like, mm, it's just buzzing. I like it. <laughs> so I, I think it's like again, this you have to like rewire what you think is music mm-hmm. and what is good music. And yeah. if I listened to Heinbach five years ago, I probably would wonder, what is this dude doing? Yeah. What's yeah. going on? And now I'm like, what is this dude doing? What's yep. going on? So yeah. it's, <laughs> I, I, I feel like there's also been a journey for me, like stepping out of my comfort zone of making beautiful ambient melodies to making more. I actually am finishing up an album right now or two of them because I'm pretty slow. <laughs> so now I need to just... <laughs> get it done and <laughs> it's very different from what i've done before it's not at all like there's no hit songs on that one uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> is it still in the ambient realm or it is it is yeah is it Unfortunately, just more crunchy, not <laughs> it's i think it's a bit more minimal maybe okay okay but i'm, I'm working on two uh, releases so the other okay. one is pretty full of gear and okay. sounds everything in the mid which is a problem uh-huh. <laughs> just like in my life but it's like <laughs> it's just i think that the 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 latest one i'm working on now is pretty minimal because i only have like the seat lombards and maybe a delay or a small Eurorack system 
Okay. Which okay. is nice because my problem has always been I can't be minimal. I'm just yes. too much. That's been my problem. I'm still trying Ooh. to figure that out. Like all my electronic music before modular, you know, getting up to 36 tracks and having, you know, having to bounce it out because my DAW is crashing. So Jake taking 36 to a stereo track and then yeah. adding more Always like it. a soundtrack to a video game of, with cars yeah. or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when are these albums coming what? out? When, when can we keep an eye out for oh, I don't know. No? Are you releasing Hopefully 2022. Okay. Maybe one in February 2022. But the other one, let's see. Um, it's on Mystery Circles and we're taking oh. it slow. Oh, you're on... I didn't a, it's know not that. a secret. Sorry, David. <laughs> I just have to say this for the listener that I didn't know that it was on Mystery Circles because I've had so many Mystery Circles artists on that I'm starting to think I'm starting to get um, paranoid that that everybody's like, hey, do they have a deal? Like, we don't have a deal. There's just a lot of really good artists on Mystery Circles, and uh, yeah, David has a really good eye for finding good talent and putting. He's out the greatest. He's so stress-free i love it we have the same yeah. work pace that's why it's taking well also <laughs> are you doing vinyl i don't know what you're i'm can i don't know if i can i don't know what i can say <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh we'll just we'll have to find out yeah we'll sure. just have to find out later i don't think um, it's a secret but i'm just gonna be mis, mis, mystical <laughs> about this okay but there's two albums coming out hopefully all soon. right well, I will definitely uh, help help to spread the word when that happens. I'm very Thanks. excited. But until then, I say uh, everybody go and check out the, your existing stuff on Bandcamp. It's it's moving. It's it's power. It's just it's powerful. It's powerful music. I really like Thanks. it. Um, we're we're rounding up on an hour, so I'm curious. Oh my God. Is there anything that um, that we haven't covered that you would like to scream from the modular mountaintops? Oh my God, the pressure. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel I've said a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, a lot of good stuff. Yeah. I've had a lot of fun. Don't be afraid I, of modular. Yeah. And don't, don't be afraid to put your stuff out there. Because my Instagram, I have a lot of followers on Instagram and it's a total hoax. I don't know how they got there. They're real though, <laughs> sorry. But like <laughs> this thing for me was just about having something for myself and then my friend said oh you come and play a show and I was like no who wants to hear my buzzing fart sound and he was like yeah <laughs> come along and I played and everything got fucked up because I had this, uh, a cord that was not working like a cable just uh -huh. and uh -huh. afterward people were like wow this was so good <laughs> and I was like are they paid what is this is this a, is a prank I don't know oh we have to come and play here and then I started playing shows and then my friends got tired of me posting on my uh, Instagram account. So I started a new Instagram account with just synthesizers. Uh -huh. uh, and I thought, I'm going to think like a guy. I'm just going to post. I I'm just going to think that everybody wants to see everything that I do all the time. So I started to post <laughs> everything I did and it worked. Yeah. <laughs> and I still think. I still have the imposter syndrome. It's like, someone's going to discover that I don't know shit about this. But I, but I also realized that I do know so much stuff. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I don't know how it got here, but it's so much fun. I have made so many new friends. I have a new confidence. I have a new genre. I have like records coming out. I'm making money from playing synthesizers. So, Weird. That is, 
right? Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> it's so weird. That is so and like, cool. It's, yeah. So don't be afraid. Just, Thank you for saying that. I know a lot of people who who have the same had the same doubts as you who who would yeah. want to hear this and who would want and yes, just do who it. Who gives a crap who want to hear yeah. it? You want to? Sh- it's you're great. Yeah. Like yes, it's some weird guy is gonna call you up and ask you for shows. Surely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you want to do a patch challenge? Yeah. Sure. Okay. I got to look up. I got to get the words ready. Um, so I'm just going to give you a, a random adjective and random noun pairing. And, uh, it, it might take a minute because mm-hmm. sometimes this thing's a little bit, uh, uh, what's the word I want? A little difficult. Um, is there any, what kind of mood would you like to make? Oh, that's the, um, I'd say calm since it's it. No, I would say ambivalent. Ambivalent. Okay. Ooh, that's a fancy word. Yeah, I like ambivalent. that one. Let's do it. Hmm. Hmm. Dismissed tubes? What? White? What? Dismissed tube. That doesn't mean anything. <gasps> it does. It's very Dismiss- deep. I yeah. Yeah, that sounds kind of ambivalent, yeah, it's, right? It's intense with the with the baby making. Yes. Dis- uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Because we had some issues too with that. Well, okay. obviously some issues because well, you know, it's not yeah, it's not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh right. But no, yeah. it's a, it's I, a yeah, stressful I that one. experience. Yeah. Okay, dismiss tubes. Dismiss tubes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a stressful situation trying to do it. Is. So and it's an ambivalent situation, for sure. Oh, go on. Well, if you don't know if you want kids or if you want them, or maybe. You yeah, don't. yeah, 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 definitely. Life is ambivalent, so. Well. <laughs> I'm a regular just... Dr. Phil over here. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. This was a blast. I This yeah. is this is one of the fastest hours I've had in a long time. This is really <laughs> That's always a good by. thing. Always good. It's always yeah. good. So thank you so much. Um, Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'll bring, I'll put links in the show description to uh, your band camp and your Instagram and yeah. uh, Yeah. Thanks again. Thank you. We're going to get into Ilan's patch here in a moment, but first I'd like to tell you that support for Podular Modcast comes from Secret Aardvark. For chefs at any level looking to spice up old favorites or a newcomer in the kitchen, Secret Aardvark sauces and marinades are the perfect partner in crime for that finely crafted moxie you can use time and time again. And I know what you're thinking. You're over there at the the Secret Aardvark website and you're saying, well, there are four sauces. Where do I start? Well, I would say you start with the fabulous foursome. For under $30, this combo pack is a perfect way for you to try every delicious sauce that they make. And trust me, you don't want to sleep on these these uh, these these varieties because everybody's heard of the habanero sauce, which is uh, I think it's probably the best hot sauce I've ever had. Um, and I'm being 100% truthful. This is not just because they're a sponsor. I am ecstatic that we got linked up because I am such a huge fan of these. But like I'm saying, there's there's these other sauces. So when they sent me the fabulous foursome, I'm thinking to myself. Uh, how are they going to contend with themselves? I mean, I know they make a quality sauce because their habanero is my favorite, but the habanero is so good that I kind of feel like it's 
like it would be an insurmountable task to make something on par. Well, I was wrong because all four of these sauces are fantastic. Are you into a, a jerk chicken? Get the Drunken Jerk Jamaican Marinade. Uh, Hannah has been cooking a lot with the Drunken Garlic Black Bean Sauce, and that's one of those sauces that, you know, as I patch the, pass the kitchen, every once in a while I'll just kind of pop it open, just a little dab on my finger, and mm, that's good. Uh, and then, of course, they've got the uh, Serrabanero, which is a Serrano Habanero combination. Um, so two hot sauces and two marinades, all for under $30. And um, I'm telling you, I'm giving you the Tim guarantee that this is the business. I've always considered myself a sauceman. Um, I'm kind of a wuss when it comes to hot sauces, but the flavor on this secret aardvark sauce is so good that I'm willing to kick it up a few notches higher than I usually do. But the good news is, is the, the flavor is so, the flavor is in the foreground. And I think that is, uh, that's the hallmark for me of a good sauce is when it's flavor, then heat. So you can actually enjoy the flavor of Secret Aardvark without lighting your face on fire because they're masters of the combination. Can you tell that I'm passionate about this? This is not copy. They have not sent me copy to read. This is me speaking from the heart because I love this hot sauce. Shipping anywhere in the U.S., head over to secretardvark.com to learn more. All right, let's finish off this episode with Elian Peel's Dismissed Tubes.
absolutely gorgeous. Thank you so much, Elin, for coming on the show. Please, please visit the links in the show description to check out uh, her music and her Instagram. Um, thank you to everybody who supports me on Patreon. I truly appreciate it. You, uh, you make the LEDs blink over here at PodMod, quite literally. Uh, thank you again to everybody in Colorado for having me out, especially David Soto, a.k.a. Sign Mountain, and Brian and Helen from Boulder. Just absolute gems. Uh, I was telling my wife that uh, I, I want to visit Boulder again just so we can hang out with Brian and Helen. Um, <laughs> thank you to Patchwork Seattle, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com for all your synthesizer needs. Uh, go check out... I put up a... a on the After Later Audio YouTube, I put up a new walkthrough on the Benjolin. So if you have any confusion about what the Benjolin is, I will basically explain it to you and make you see how amazing this module truly is. Uh, thank you to Secret Aardvark. I'm such a fan of their sauces. I'm going to go eat some right now. Visit them online. Link in the show description. Thank you to Empress Effects. Remember, if you pick up one of those Zoya Euro Bureaus, tell them that PodMod sent you on the warranty card. And finally, thank you so much to Novation. That circuit rhythm is uh, that between that, the Euro Bureau, and then just my my make noise case, I have everything I need to pull off any type of set that I could possibly think of. Um, and it's just, I finally feel like I have arrived as a live performer. And the Euro Bureau and the Circuit Rhythm have both been um, instrumental in that, no pun intended. I think that's all I have to say. It's just been so fun doing this show and meeting everybody and interacting with everybody and recording these silly intros and outros. I, yeah. Closing in on 2021. I'm closing in on four years of doing this and I'm I still love it so uh yeah love you guys love y'all thank you until next week <laughs>